You're listening to the Teen Wolf Rewolf. Julia, it's been so long. So, so long. You know what the craziest part is? What? The world has not gotten any better. <laughs> no, it's pro- maybe worse. Uh, I would say that it's worse. Uh, which, I don't know, 2020, just the year that, that keeps on coming. Yeah. And it don't stop coming. And it just don't stop. Like, I would <laughs> do anything for a break. Like, one week of normalcy. Yeah. And the most infuriating thing is, is like, we could be living slightly more normally. Uh, we just have the least functional federal government. Like, I just keep looking at, like, New Zealand, and I'm like, that should be us, and it's not. I mean, it should be New Zealand, too, like, obviously, but, like... I very firmly believe that the United States is too big. Like, I really believe that. Because we're... It's just so large. Like... Even if we had a competent federal government, I do still think we'd be fighting with oh, hundo all P. of the states. No, especially just knowing Americans, mm-hmm. as I do. Yeah. Because I am one. We're idiots. Uh, but like a, mat- a federal mask mandate like three months ago, months ago would have really helped us, you know? It would have been fantastic. My life would be completely changed, I actually think. It's overwhelming. It is. The horribleness of it all. But we're here to talk about Teen Wolf for some levity. To give you a little break, we are going yeah. to talk about MTV's Teen Wolf because, oh, this is the Teen Wolf Free Wolf, a podcast where we start every episode talking about how horrible the world is <laughs> and then really poorly introduce ourselves. So I'm Christian. I'm Julia. Cool. I missed Teen Wolf. I did too. It is a welcome distraction. Like, I think in part the reason this month was so shitty was that I wasn't. I didn't have my hour a week to talk about, you know, yeah. styles. And there's so little new media coming out right now that it's like people are starved for entertainment in and such a weird way. so little media I'm interested in. Exactly. There, I can only watch Gilmore Girls so many times. Yeah. They took Mad Men off of Netflix, so literally what am I supposed to do? I told one of my coworkers that Mad Men is like my comfort show. It's like what I throw on when I'm making dinner, and they're like... That's crazy depressing. And I was like, am I going to take this as a moment to like analyze myself? And then was like, no, I think Mad Men's a comedy. (laughs) And just kept going. (laughs) You know, taste, it's different for everyone. I have it. Some don't. And some don't. So some people have all their taste in their mouths, as my dad says. A truly cruel expression, but also Mm. some people only have taste in their mouths. And all of you lovely people listening... Have the team will free great taste because you're here, baby. <laughs> exactly. Oh, what episode did we watch this week, Julia? We watched season three, episode four. It is called Unleashed, and it was directed by our good friend Tim Andrew, who you are all familiar with by this point, and uh, written by Alyssa Clark, a woman. And that's why I thought it was a good episode. And Jessica Griffin, who is a man, but you know, that's Whatever. fine. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this overall. I, it was one of those episodes where the scenes were really short. So I was a little bit at the end being like, is it over? Is it over? Is it over? Cause it just kept flipping back to other characters. And I was like, okay, this is like a, a, a big ensemble episode. Yeah. Um, not in the way that they're all together, just in the way that all of the plot lines were very important and mm-hmm. sort of wove betwixt each other. Everybody gets their five seconds of fame in this yeah. particular episode. Including our boy, Isaac. He's such a big part of it. <laughs> Which is amazing, because we've kind of missed his uh, his antics. We have. I, and we'll miss him later. Like, damn. And I think everybody, again, like, I don't want to speak on behalf of the rest of the wolf pack, but I know you guys know that Isaac was done dirty in this show. So many people. There's, like, very few characters you can say, honestly, were not done dirty on Teen Wolf. Like That's true. So many of them just... Cora was done dirty. Cora was done dirty. Like, Derek leaves without resolving literally anything that he's ever done. Uh, you know. Do you know what that's called? <laughs> Bad writing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my immediate response to, do you know what that's called is growth and that did not fit no it wasn't growth uh nobody including the creators of the show did any growing um Mm. 
Actually, that's why are we saying that? Like, they really did grow in season three. Which is the season we were uh, most excited to talk about. In the season we're talking about right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe we should maybe we should dig into the episode a little bit. Are you ready to do our 60-second recap? I sure am. Good, because you're going first. Ha-ha. Okay. I did have to listen to our last episode to refresh my memory on what we were talking <laughs> about. how this works. Um, and I was like, upon listening, I was like, oh, thank God Julia's going <laughs> first. I, I actually wrote down plot notes because of that. I didn't want to. That's what it myself. takes for you to write down plot notes. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to be. You've never done it before. No, I have, but sometimes I'm just like, eh, I'll wing it. And this time I was like, don't. Want every to time I'm myself. like, eh, I'll wing it. Then I'm like halfway through the episode at the 60 second mark, and I've gotten everything wrong. And then yeah. I like listen back later, and I'm like, that's not even what happened. <laughs> that is not correct. Yes. Okay. Um. On your mark. Mm-hmm. Get set. Go. Okay, so Scott and Deaton are at the vet fixing a dog uh, that's named Bullet, and its owner mag- like mysteriously disappears. Uh, flash forward to uh, Derek and Cora in their apartment, and, and Cora is really disappointed in Derek for some reason. Derek goes to check on Jennifer to see if they're okay, and there's like like little flirty moment that you're like meh and then they're in the locker room and Styles is trying to kind of suss out the pattern and he's like I'm a virgin and Danny's like I'll sleep with you then they all go on a run and Isaac decides that he's going to go after the twins because he knows that there's alphas who try to come after him there's the dead guy coach is really insensitive um do do uh, they're in class Isaac goes out to the hallway and the twins fight uh each other and get Isaac into trouble. There's detention. Isaac and Allison end up in the janitor's closet and then they get trapped there and then Isaac starts to freak out. So uh, in payback, they like mess with their motorcycles. Deucalion pays a visit to Derek and almost kills him and is like, you're going to join my pack and kill your werewolves because I'm the demon wolf. And then... Oop, nope. And then nothing because your time ran there out. There's so much to cover in this episode. There's a lot. There's a lot. I don't, I don't anticipate doing any better. There, Mostly because if you set your expectations low, <laughs> you have no choice but to surpass them. Exactly. That's the, that's the trick for life, folks. Truly. Low expectations and then you can easily exceed them. And then people are like, wow, you really came through. And you're like, I was always planning on it. I just didn't want you to know that. <laughs> Yeah, because if there's one thing we can't handle, it's disappointment. And it's not realistically setting your expectations low. It's purposefully and pointedly setting them low because you know you're going to outdo them. A very important distinction. Always always look like you went above and beyond, even if you never were going to. (laughs) Yeah, it'll save the day. Remember how we were going to write that really bad self-help book? We really would write the worst <laughs> fucking self-help book. I mean, oh my god. I think it would be appropriate for the year 2020. That's true. This mm-hmm. is our first siren. I am I am indeed making note of it while the train is going by, so it's just a cacophony of outside noise. We love you, Chicago. Glad to be back. Yeah. Um, I've been back for a while. Yeah. You've, you've been gone. Yeah. Oot in a boot. I was living the millennial dream of living by myself. Like every day I pretended that I could afford a two bedroom apartment by myself. And I was like, this is the height of luxury. Amazing. <laughs> Gen Z's always like, ha ha ha, millennials can't pay rent. And we're like, yeah, we know. <laughs> we are well aware. We got our landlords to take $100 off our rent. We were like, score. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. By the way, if you're renewing a lease right now because of Corona, we do suggest asking your landlord for a bit of a discount. The worst they can do is say no. The best they could do was take some money off. Yes. In, on crab. And we're not the only people we know who did that and like had it happen for them. So. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Maybe we should write a self-help <laughs> book. That was good advice. Hmm. I'm going to make a note. All right. I'm going to make a note. Okay, okay. Are you ready? Fuck no. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so Scott is treating a little dog at the vet and it belongs to a soldier and then the soldier disappears and then, or he's an art junior artist here or whatever and then the dog is still there and then Derek goes to check on Jennifer and they kind of flirt and then Scott and Styles are discussing the missing dude and then da- Danny offers to sleep with Styles and then it's cross country time and as they're racing we find the dead guy um, who's abducted at the vet and then uh, the Isaac's like, it's the twins and then the uh, alphas visit Derek and they're like, you need to kill one of your own so you can join the alpha pack and he's like, I'm not gonna do that and they like deadpool stab him so he's like hanging on a pipe it's really gross um and then alice and morel kind of duke it out then isaac wants to fight the twins but then they beat up one another and then blame it on him and so he gets detention and in detention he is with paired up with allison and they get locked in the closet and he has this crazy werewolf freak out um 
uh, ooh, Styles accosts the girlfriend of the dead kid to find out if he was a virgin. She confirms he's not, so it's a different part of the pattern. And then Boyd tells Styles that the dead kid wasn't Junior OTC, and that's where the soldier thing comes from. And then uh, Al- uh, Allison and Isaac are in the closet, and he freaks out. Oh my god! I know. Okay, um, to wrap up, Styles and Lydia do some brainstorming. Um then they kind of confirm that it's the soldier, like the sort of soldier um, triad is going to be the next sacrifices after Lydia banshees herself to the music room and finds out the music teacher's been abducted. Dun, dun, dun. Um, Isaac, Scott, and Allison plot against the twins and they park their motorcycle in the hallway. And for some reason, uh, bringing a motorcycle in school gets you a suspension, but beating the shit out of somebody only gets you a lunchtime detention. Somebody explain. Yeah. One of the senior pranks at my dad's high school with people just like drove their cars into the cafeteria. It's just a prank. It's yeah, not That's just harmful. a prank. Um... Styles and Deaton and Lydia like figure out that the next victim is going to be Mr. Harris because Styles goes to Deaton and is like, "It's time for you to participate, dude. You have really, really screwed us over by not sharing your info." Um, and then Isaac gets kicked out of Derek's house because Derek doesn't want to put him in danger and like now has Cora to take care of. And but like instead of doing it in a respectful way, he uh, hurts him in the way that Isaac's dad used to hurt him. There's a lot of Isaac trauma in this episode. And then he goes to live with Scott. Yay. And Yay. then Harris is tied to a tree. Meh. <laughs> uh, Derek really just has the emotional maturity of a teaspoon. And uh, like, they are trying so hard to humanize him and it's not working. No. And you know what we always say that like Scott is uh, for the biggest dummy he is, is like so emotionally aware. Mm-hmm. He would never do that no. to Isaac. <laughs> It's it's like that. In fact, he does the opposite and is like, you can live with me. Yeah. Did Isaac just walk into their house? Or, like, did he have to get through Melissa? He asked Scott for the favor, but feasibly he'd have to be like, Mrs. McCall, may I live with you? Um... I don't know. I mean, I feel like if you're a werewolf, do you really need to lock your door at night? The The front door is probably open. Maybe. But also crucial to have Isaac show up in a wet white <laughs> t-shirt. This was a very big Daniel Sharman beauty episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, there's like a close up on his jawline when they go running. And you're he just looks like, like oh the David. God. He yeah. really does. <sighs> oh, should we talk about our theme or should we just talk about Isaac the whole time? I think we can get to him in our in our theme. Perhaps. Man. This week, our theme is going to be misdirection. There's a lot of people going slightly the wrong way in this episode. Um, either by missed information, by, you know, presuming that things are going to pan out the way that they have been. It's interesting. So where mm-hmm. do you want to start? Um, let's start with uh, the alpha pack. Just kind of generally. Okay. We can zoom in to... The twins first. All right, go ahead. Um, later in the episode, it becomes clear uh, what Deucalion is asking um, Derek specifically to do. But up until this point, we have absolutely no idea why the twins are in school. And I think we're further confused by the scene where Isaac is running after them. And there's just some... We- like, we don't know what's going to happen. And then they beat each other up or one of them beats the other one up and is like, Oh, he did it and gets Isaac in trouble. And like, there's no clear motivation as to why. Mm -hmm. Um, and like when Isaac goes out into the hallway, you think that the twins are going to fight him, but no. So why did they do that? Well, that's a question, but you know, they do it to get Isaac in trouble because I, I don't necessarily know if like getting him, in a closet with Allison was like the long game of that, but mm-hmm. they knew that they were going to get him in a position where they could separate him from a group and then trigger him to the point of endangering someone else. And if the whole goal is that Derek needs to destroy his own pack, it's probably going to make it way easier to start destroying his pack from the inside out. So to get Isaac to kill or maim Allison is very sneaky. It is. Well, especially because we don't know how Scott would react if something terrible had happened. And it's amazing what Scott's reaction is, is that mm-hmm. both of them immediately are like, that was not your fault. 
which I thought was so mature. Incredible sensitivity, especially because like when I say triggered, I don't mean that lightly. This is Mm -hmm. literally them using like Isaac's passive use against him to set him off on this rampage. Um, which must be only so much worse if your rampages turn into a werewolf. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the twins are a really interesting point of misdirection, especially because Isaac is, is misdirected them by them. Um, in a way that styles isn't Isaac is sure when they find that body in mm-hmm. the crowd when they're at cross country, that it was the twins who killed them. But styles has to be the one to be like, that looks like a people murder. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because Isaac really, you know, he has no reason to want to believe styles because he watched these people kill his friend and he was abducted by them. Like it it makes perfect sense that they don't trust him, but that lack that he doesn't trust them to be not the, the murderers. Mm -hmm. Um, but that lack of trust does put him, it set him in a direction that is ultimately unhelpful as we find out later when we know more about who's committing these sacrifices. Well, and ultimately it's very helpful for, the Duroc, that there's this other group in town that's kind of misdirecting from uh, her, Jennifer's, ultimate motive. Yeah, she can be sneaky while <laughs> yeah. they're, like, she's kind of, um, you know, dealing under the table while they're sort of causing a scene. Mm-hmm. And taking full advantage of everyone's paranoia and tension, and the tension between the two groups. In the ways that a good villain does, for sure. Yes, the concept of the drock mm-hmm. is great. Um, yeah. And then we have Deucalion. Who is actually not somebody who... Whose misdirection actually um, lies in, I think, Deucalion sort of uh, leaning on what people perceive as a weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's in this episode that we realize that, like, even though Deucalion is blind, he is going to end up being more powerful than pretty much anybody else in this season besides, like, the Duroc and Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when this comes to fruition, when he says that he's the demon wolf, which is, let's admit it, uh, dumb. Um, Cheesy. Yeah. 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 Um, but he, you know, for the first time is admitting how powerful he's been, that he has been misdirecting everybody, that he's basically been sort of using Ennis and Kali to, like, do this dirty work um, to sort of hide the fact that he could easily take out any of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that admits to Derek, like, I every time I killed one of my pack members, I took their powers. Um, which is, like, a crazy. How does that work? Um... I don't know. That is incidentally also how um, magic works in the 2006 hit classic, The Covenant. Oh my God. How did I know that you were going to bring that up? <laughs> because that movie lives rent-free in my brain. <laughs> I think I've been like a little bit thinking about it since I saw it in theaters. <laughs> in theaters? Yeah. Oh my God. It has a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Not that Rotten Tomatoes means anything, but that might mean a little something. It's a it's a pretty good indicator. Yeah, you should watch it. We'll watch it on Halloween. Watch it. You'll be like, ew, 2006 was horrible. It really was. The aughts were not a nice time, except for music. Music was great. Fashion terrible. Yeah, low rise jeans. Keep them away from me. Yeah, that that movie commits some low rise jeans. Um. It's just people yelling at us yell out our window. Uh, uh, we did miss you, Chicago. Um, yeah, so if somehow your power is transferred. I, do you Makes know? more sense to me with wizards. Sorry, male witches, as it is. You know what it makes me think of, though, is like when a, a twin absorbs a twin in the room. Like you just yeah, take the yeah. twin's powers. I don't know how that works, but... The twin just goes away. But anyway, like you just take... I, no, I know what you're talking yeah. about. It's it's funny because... It just grosses me out. Thank God my twin didn't absorb me in the womb. Madison, shout, shout out. out for not absorbing me in the womb. Um, it, it's kind of funny because I feel like the concept of absorbing someone else's powers after you kill them is more of a vampiric idea. Like I would much... I would find that much easier to understand uh, if you like drank someone's blood. Like that seems more plausible to me. Yeah. And that's what I was saying about like the witch thing is mm-hmm. like, because like 
the sort of magical powers are like a sort of metaphysical entity as opposed to a physical condition. Like I get there's like that clicks in my brain. Whereas like this doesn't at all. Yeah. But there's, there's some weird werewolf powers that that are kind of like magic. Like the way that they take pain. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I knew you were thinking about that. Yeah. Um, Sorry, back to Deucalion. <laughs> we hit the covenant and we were like off top. <laughs> Wait a minute. Well I done. actually think the most telling part of this particular episode with Deucalion, um, I mean, he has like the whole demon wolf thing and he cracks his sunglasses, which is just honestly the most ridiculous part of that whole little monologue. So dumb. Uh, shout out to Gideon Emery because he's phenomenal. Um, but that's just, it's so cheesy. But at the end of the episode, the twins, for some reason run into uh scott and isaac at the school at nighttime i don't know what's i don't know how they got there oh they're probably just still there looking for harris or whatever and they do that weird gross thing where they like merge together (gasps) it's talk about absorbing your twin in the womb perhaps that's how it happens it's just so gross it's so disgusting but as soon as deucalion walks in they break apart and he slashes them both on the cheek with the little knife that's at the end of his cane. And it's just so like, it's not subtle, but it's so like this insane demonstration of power that they just stand there and let him do that. Yeah, man. Everybody's trying to get a kiss from daddy. Yeah. In the alphabet. Shout out to Demi and to Bay <laughs> and the succession theme song lyrics. Um, yeah, it's, it is insane. Also very interesting that the cuts don't heal right away. I don't know why, but, but we... Teen Wolf would never <laughs> give us an explanation. I don't know no. why you're looking for one. That's <laughs> true. It is interesting. Yeah. Just how, just how much power he has and sort of sits on because he doesn't need to exercise it. Like we've been saying this forever. Like true power is the ability to do nothing and act change and anything else is violence or might. Um, and he, what he has is power, which is what's mm-hmm. so impressive. Uh, and he also has like daredevil powers, which are so cool. Yes. And also getting memories in like the first two episodes of Netflix's daredevil. So meant to be interesting. Yeah. He plays like one of the Russian mafia guys. Oh, that makes sense. I, I have, it's been a long time since I've seen it. So um, good. Let's but, do a daredevil podcast next. Ooh, yeah. Everybody, if you haven't seen daredevil, it's on Netflix, go do it. Oh, yeah, Netflix's Daredevil is on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. um, do we want to move on to, to somebody else in, in terms of misdirection? Sure. Who would you like to talk about next? I want to talk about Styles. Hmm. Yeah, because Styles is the one person who is trying to find like real clarity mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to being swayed by everything else that's happening around him, and he is failing well i think what's interesting is that because styles doesn't really have a dog in the alpha fight like he does not have werewolf powers he would not be entering yeah i know i know what i said uh he is not going to be entering these altercations and more likely than not even though they do somewhat target allison they're not going to be targeting styles immediately um Mm -hmm. because that's not advantageous to their mission of trying to get Derek to to join this pack um so because Styles is unaffected by what's happening with the twins, with what's happening at Derek's apartment, he is able to sort of hyper-focus on the Duroc deal, um, which is why he ends up making an, un, uh, an unusual alliance with Deaton. I don't think we've ever seen a scene with them alone together. Um, but because Scott and Isaac are uh, otherwise <laughs> occupied, engaged, yeah. you know, otherwise <laughs> busy, um, he is able to to set his sights on trying to figure out something because he, as somebody who isn't fighting with the alphas, can clearly see that this is something um, separate, mm-hmm. and it, it it's it's his sort of job to figure out what that is. And he is somebody who gets repeatedly misdirected because he's assuming that he understands what's going to happen next, and it's when he joins forces with um, Deaton that he knows he won't. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting move because I think Styles is pretty mistrustful of Deaton because he's been so withholding of his knowledge. And yeah, which is again, Deaton, why? They give such a little crumb at the end of the episode where it's like I've been pushing this away for 10 years and you're like, "Why?" They would never address, yeah. No. Seth Gilliam De- Dr. Deaton, no emotional complexity whatsoever. Um, not allowed, but 
the other thing that I think is uh, motivating for Styles and is so frustrating for him is that he keeps seeing his dad being unable to solve these cases because there's something supernatural going on with them or like at least in the past and Styles doesn't know for sure that there's something supernatural about these murders but I think he's so frustrated at seeing his dad being unable to do what he needs to do and and like the sheriff's frustration like I think he feeds off of that and so he's trying so desperately to be able to help without telling his dad yeah which is really tough and I do think his frustration is what allows him to be misdirected so easily Mm -hmm. because he wants to think that he's getting closer which is why he's like well the next person is is gonna be a virgin and that's why he's so dead set on finding out whether or not that kid whose name I forget is a virgin and then is it Kyle do you want it to be Kyle we can just call him Kyle yeah sure to the point where he and even recognizing how insensitive this is to ask asks his girlfriend Mm -hmm. if this guy is a virgin um, so he's like breaking like weird social rules to try to make this right. Um, and you you think that styles would be more sensitive around people who are experiencing loss, which obviously he would be, um, but is so dead set on trying to prove him his own theory. He is victim of misdirection in that way. Mm-hmm. And then eventually because of Lydia and her banshee powers kind of starts to figure out the pattern and Boyd too. Yeah. Well, and Lydia, banshee powers aside is is kind of the one that talks him off the ledge uh because he goes to her and he's like i think something crazy is going on and she's like this seems like people murders i think you should leave it up to the people crime solvers Mm -hmm. your father and then eventually she comes around to being like oh no oh but but wait but wait it is not werewolves but something else Uh uh-huh um I, th- I found that really interesting that, that she was the balancing force yeah, uh, in that particular manic moment, um, even if she turned out to be wrong. Um, I agree. Do we want to move into talking about Scott a little bit and maybe a little bit of Derek? Sure. I actually think that um, Scott seemed more, more like a supporting player kind in of. this particular episode. Um he was the one who discovered that that guy was missing. Uh, he helps with the motorcycle scheme, but he's not part of uh, the interaction with Isaac and the twins, and he's not in the janitor's closet. Like, he shows up last minute to save the day. I have no idea how. Um, but he Being a true alpha. <laughs> Duh. Harder. Um, but... Yeah, I don't think... He doesn't have a lot of agency or, like... I think it's less about agency and more about him knowing that if he starts entering this fight, it's only going to egg Isaac on, and Mm -hmm. he spends most of the episode trying to calm Isaac down Um, because Isaac is not approaching this in any kind of sensible way. He is so infuriated by the presence of the twins for obvious reasons um, that he is unable to go about dealing with their presence in a way that would actually be fruitful. So Scott spends most of this episode trying to either get Isaac to calm down or not engage. Mm-hmm. And what I, one of the things that I found interesting is that the, one of the twins goes after Lydia and that's kind of the thing that makes Scott so uncomfortable and Isaac's like, Oh, they're getting to you too. And I, I just thought it was like a nice little friendship thing that they're going after Lydia instead of relying on the Allison plot. Yeah. Uh, always. Yeah. Well, I think it, he's realizing cause it, like I said earlier, who's to say if the plan all along was to get Isaac to hurt Allison, they mm-hmm. were really, cause they could have just been doing that to hurt Isaac. I think extending that to being like, no, we're pointedly attacking your human friends. I mean, we think Lydia's human yeah. at this point. Um, your pack we're, att- we're going after your whole pack. Yeah. And it's pretty well established at this point that it, that they are a pack human or not. Yeah. Which is how Scott kind of gets misdirected in this way. He Mm -hmm. is again, so worried about not letting Isaac like go crazy. So worried about, Mm -hmm. about, you know, the sort of evil roots that are, are taking place in his, his friend group with Lydia that he kind of can't be thinking about what Stiles is thinking about, which ultimately 
if like let's say Scott was on Styles' side for most of this episode, maybe we would have gotten to Harris faster. Yeah. Yeah. Um because Scott and Styles are pretty separated. Yeah. And there's a clear there's a clear moment when they're walking away from uh the murder scene where they kind of splinter off and Scott's like, I gotta take care of the baby werewolf mm-hmm. as opposed to Styles. Yeah. Uh Everybody's having a hard time. Yes. Yep. Allison kind of has her own little moments of misdirection. Most notably, her interesting thing is her thing with morale. Yeah. Where it is, it is basically a thing of like, you need to tell me why you were at the bank because that is going to, you know, bring me closer to figuring out all of this. And morale being like, we have reached an impasse. Well, Morel's said, like, <laughs> said in a French accent because she says it in French. <laughs> and Morel's basically just like, well, why don't you tell me why you were at the bank? Less about misdirection, maybe more just about being stubborn. Um, I also mm-hmm. love when she's like, Allison, <laughs> it's you fed, fatigue, which the only class I ever fell asleep in high school in one time, I had to take a Benadryl before school because I had like some crazy allergies going on, passed out in French. And I remember my <laughs> teacher being like, Christian, es tu fatigue? And me being like, quoi? <laughs> when, my, when my mom was a teacher, she had a student fall asleep in class and she was like, everybody leave really, really quietly. And all the rest of the next class came in really, really quietly. And he woke up like 10 minutes into the next period and was just like, shit. And had to book it and like left all of his shit at his desk. It was just. I had a bio teacher once. I had a bio teacher once. And if you were late on a test, he'd let you take it in his office during the next class period. Like he wasn't going to make you skip lunch or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Which. Wow. What a hero. Yeah. And once he was like, yeah, I had like a kid who had like a, uh, missed a a class for something like ridiculous, like family stuff. And they were really exhausted and they were taking the the test in my office. And I came into my office and they were asleep on my couch and I just called their next teacher and was like, uh, so-and-so is going to be late. And I was like, everybody should be like Mr. Adams. That's exactly what you should do. Yeah. Good high school teachers are so few and far between, mm-hmm. and they must be protected. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, not necessarily misdirection, but she does... It, it, but mostly what that scene um, indicates to Allison is that she's farther from the right path than she thinks she is. Mm-hmm. Because um, she's on her own mission to figure stuff out, uh, but it's less maybe pressing than... Scott and Styles and Isaac. Should we talk about Isaac? Yeah. We, I, we have been talking about him a lot because he's a really big part of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to know what your thoughts on his experience being misdirected in this episode are. I find it extremely sad because the twins probably have no idea about Isaac's past. Um or maybe they do because they, they must if they closet. lock him in a closet. Yeah, uh, or like someone told them. But to to prey on someone who has been abused and then use that abuse against them to trigger them into like a PTSD flashback is just so heinous. It's so cruel, and Isaac can't catch a fucking break. No. And they and they are doing it to get to Scott, I think. Yeah. Um and so, pretty much no matter how you slice it, Isaac is just a pawn. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think there's two examples of that in the episode. I think there is the example of the twins locking him in the closet and him going through that um, to get to Scott. And then I, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, if Derek didn't... Because Isaac has latched onto Derek so completely, if Derek didn't completely break that trust, Isaac would stick around him and that would endanger Isaac because he knows... Derek knows that the Alpha Pack wants him to kill his his packmates. Yeah. And I mean, it's so hard to watch because you can acknowledge in your heart that like Derek is doing the right thing because he wants to save Isaac's life, but it's so cruel. It's It's so fucking terrible, man. It's so mean. And you have to wonder like, was there another way? But probably not because Derek is Isaac's alpha. Yeah. So he was doing what he could. He like, like I, I, Isaac, like baby ducks, Derek. True. Yeah. And Scott. Mm-hmm. He's mostly like, are you my mom to everybody <laughs> in the show? 
and the poor kid. <laughs> Except like, for Allison, who he's like, are you my girlfriend? And she's like, mm, maybe. <laughs> are you my murderer? Also. I, you know, we kind of complained about that scene, I think a couple episodes ago, about the mm-hmm. whole like Chinese ring dagger thing. Rewatching it, I think I have less problems with it. Yeah, I I actually wrote that down in my notes, um, particularly because uh, Isaac and Allison Scalson go on to become kind of a thing, and I think there's people who take issue with that because of the way that she treated him, and le- like you just said, rewatching that scene, I have a, a less of a less of a problem with it, just seeing it in context, um, and remembering also that they're teenagers. Well, I'm also like, if that scene had played out organically and they had just sort of left the closet acknowledging that there had been animosity and violence between them, mm-hmm. we wouldn't, it would be a start to something to start bringing that in and like, whatever. But because it gets cut short because of what the twins do, I think the seeds are there is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, but also, like, what is the ship name for Allison, Scott, and Isaac? Because Scott McGall has two hands. <laughs> I'm trying to do it, but I think so, it broke my so brain. So many S's, so <laughs> many C's. Um, mm, Alice Isaac? That works for me. Cool. Alice Guys, yeah. Yeah, that's the dream. That should have been the, the season three. Well, there should have been a thruple. <laughs> this is, like, this is my favorite like two second moment in Teen Wolf where they're standing at the lockers and Isaac like looks Scott up and down and it's so brief, but it's been gift so many times. I'm pretty sure I had it saved on my phone for a while because I had like I used it as an example for people. Like, this is why you should watch, <laughs> watch this <Teen> show. <laughs> it's so Steric who <laughs> Uh, like Skyzek all the way. Alice Skyzek. Alice Skyzek. She's in there. It's she, a thruple. It's a thruple. Um, yeah, and, and it's just, oh, that moment is so good. The cardigan in, I, that's random. He looked, okay, this is going to sound weird. <laughs> Daniel Sharman looked particularly British in this episode. I really thought you were going to say he looked particularly like a lesbian. But <laughs> no, I mean, okay, maybe. Yeah, like skinny jeans and boots. You're like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, poor Isaac. He's been through a lot. He has. Um, yeah. Very, very interesting that, um, I, I mean, I don't know how you would pull this all back in because Boyd is like somehow magically back, but Boyd is also part of Derek's pack and we don't see any kind of interaction between them. Or perhaps Boyd that- actively separated from the pack early. He told Derek in season two that like, like me and Erica are leaving and that didn't really include Isaac. It didn't, but I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering like what the rules of werewolfdom are. Like if I think you think that Boyd is technically an omega at the mo, but if you, I I want to know how the rules work of like breaking away from your alpha. I want to know how that works. Again, where, well, you think we're gonna find out what mythology? Well, yeah, for real. <laughs> um, let's talk about Derek before we wrap things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, Derek is being so misdirected. Derek is being misdirected and also does some misdirecting. Yeah. Um, his relationship with Cora strikes me as very interesting. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I find it odd that he didn't know she was alive. I, f- I find that extremely weird. And especially because we don't really get any kind of explanation as to why that might be. Because it's so... It's bad writing, it's isn't bad it? Writing. But especially because, like, one of Derek's main personality traits is my family died in a fire. And he's so protective. And, he, like, when Laura is killed, that's his whole motivation for searching for the Alpha. Like, that's why he sticks around. Um, so I find it strange that he didn't know Cora was alive. I also find it strange how coarse their relationship is. I feel like if I, if I found out my sister was alive after all this time, it'd be like a... I love you. I missed you. I'm going to protect you. And he's like, quit doing push-ups and like kicks her over. Okay. Like, fine. And then, but then she's equally as upset as he is. And she's like, I waited for so long to hear, uh, that a, a hail was building a pack and, 
she's like mad that it's Derek and he didn't find her before, but how could he if he didn't know she was alive? Like, it just seems undeserved. This is a misdirection on the writer's part. <laughs> yeah, well, their anger, like, towards each other seems unearned. Like, th- we have no reason to understand their relationship and why they're mad at each nope, other. Nope, nope, nope. No. Like, also, also, also. Also? The fire was how many years ago? but she's okay but she's like younger than Derek and I think significantly so so was she just like little orphan annieing around South America I'm confused that's a great question but my other question is how the fuck did Derek recognize her possibly by scent but also like no that's a werewolf years old anyway um no she wouldn't have been six then she would be 11 but she would be really she would be no, much younger. 13. Anyway. Basic math is really hard. Well, how old do we think Cora is? Well, let's say, I, I, I bet she is, it, what did we say Derek was in the first season? 25? I have forgotten, but probably. I mean, she's probably 20. Yeah. She's not in high school. No. I, I find it very confusing. Um... I can't keep thinking about this because then I will try to do math again and will <laughs> no. fail. Uh, yeah. Back to misdirection. Derek is both. Derek is uh, a victim of Deucalion's misdirection, um, also of uh, Kali's uh, knife pipe thing. <laughs> <laughs> so disgusting. Really gross. There's a shot where like blood that is congealed a little bit like gloops down the pipe, and it's absolutely disgusting. Teen Wolf is so good at gore. I. Every other Absolutely team shows step it. of your game. But the the entire process of the twins becoming the giant werewolf is gross beyond description. Like their bones crack out of place and yada yada. And then, but it's, I don't want to call it satisfying, but like it's important in a show about werewolves that is violent yeah. to have good body horror and gore. Yes. Marvel. Um, Do you say Marvel? <laughs> yeah. There's it no is gore. weird that there's no gore in any of those movies. No. People, like, die. The the death per 60 in those movies is, like, outlandish, but there's no blood. There's no stakes. There are stakes in Teen Wolf, although, should Derek have lived with a pipe running through him? Deadpool Maybe. did it. Back it's to Marvel, true. the one. <laughs> the one that wins, even though that's technically Sony. Um, um, yeah. Uh, Derek yeah. is... Wait, so do we have more things to say about Deucalion? No, just that mm-hmm. Deucalion, I think, is pitching to Derek something very different than Derek he actually wants from Derek. Yeah. He wants Derek to kill Scott, but 100%. he's like, it could be anybody in your pack, and then you can be like me, and it feels so good to be like me. Yeah. Um, well, it's like he's like, once you kill the first one, you'll kill the rest of them. It's like potato chips. Yeah, like. well, it's like it's like in, in The Vitch, like... Don't you want to live deliciously? He's telling Derek he can live deliciously. So funny. For so long, my twin sister thought Dost that want to live deliciously was a Taco Bell ad. Taco Bell, free idea. <laughs> free idea. <laughs> free marketing. <laughs> From yours truly. Taco Bell sponsored the Teen Wolf. <laughs> oh, and also while we're at it, bring back the quesarito. I'm Anyway, we have to wrap up this discussion. We've, we've hit Taco Bell. We've gone too far. Do you want to go to the Q's and O's? Sure. Um, questions. I feel like I brought up a lot of questions. You kind of did most of your questions in this here discussion. Uh, yeah, because, you know, I just feel, there was so much that happened. There was. I have a lot of questions. Um, do you have any? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about this. Yeah, why is the vet open so late? <laughs> Also, I have questions about the like, weight of punishments in school. Why does a prank get you a suspension, but a fight got you? Remember at the beginning, the very beginning of the podcast, when I told you that a girl hit me and I hit her back and we both got Saturday school in middle school? Yes. For a fight, you definitely get worse than that. For the record, I did not deserve the Saturday school. That Saturday school. Well, I didn't deserve any of them. <laughs> Well, I've truly decided I'm a victim of Saturday <laughs> school. Um, the crazy thing to me about that, and this is this is a question that I have. Do you remember when Gerard like installed all these cameras in the school? Yeah. Uh-huh. Did someone just take them down? Because Isaac, if 
if Isaac had been thinking, but probably wasn't because he was just so stunned, he'd be like, check the tapes. Yeah. <laughs> check the tapes. <laughs> or when they're like back in the school and the twins like turn into the giant werewolf, the cameras. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's dumb. Um, do you have any O's you want to share? Yeah. In Derek's apartment, he has like a crushed velvet green couch, and I'm so about it. The interior design in his apartment is very interesting, and I think it's Peter. It, definitely. <laughs> but Peter only like was only going to spend a little bit of money at Restoration Hardware, which is why it's so <laughs> empty. But only spending a little bit of money at Restoration Hardware is still $10,000. <laughs> Um, 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 oh, I had, okay, so Boyd comes back, and it turns out that Boyd is in JROTC, which is kind of lazy on the part of the writers, because we didn't know about that before. And we never see him do any of the stuff that the ROTC kids do. No, and then also he's like, he says to South, I have friends, and you're not one of them, basically. No, he says, I had one friend. Yeah, but like, if you're in JROTC, those are your friends. Um, But the point is, I do think that it's lazy, but I also think it's very compatible with his character, especially from what we get to learn like in Motel California, um, and also just his, like, supreme isolation and loneliness when Mm -hmm. uh Derek turns him um and we have no way of knowing if Boyd like joined our JROTC like right when he got back or because it's lazy writing but I do actually think that it's a a valuable addition to his character especially stuff like we know later that like Boyd's family like or no we know earlier that like Boyd doesn't have like a lot of money Mm -hmm. that's why he has his after-school job and like Big reasons to why people join. Is because the military preys on poor people. It sure does. Um, I knew we were going to loop this back to the military <laughs> industrial complex. It's bad. Um, okay, I have an observation I would like to make. Yeah. The Duroc in this episode starts leaving behind, like, you know, they're like, this is just a regular serial killer. There's, mm-hmm. like, reasons where it's like, this is, would be serial killer behavior, especially because the Duroc starts leaving behind clues. Mm-hmm. Like, Spelling its name out. Yeah. Or I guess Harris does that because we know Harris was like working with her or whatever, but that's not the only clue. I don't remember what the other clue was. Well, the um, mistletoe, the mistletoe, the, um, the phone, leaving the, the phone. phone. Yeah. 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 That's but, serial killer behavior is to leave behind clues being like, hee hee, I'm getting away with it. But I also find it very interesting. Uh, the mistletoe thing, because it puts, that guy directly in Deaton's path and directly in Scott's path if he's working that mm-hmm. night, um, which I think is a clue because she could have probably abducted him anywhere. Yeah. Why do it outside the vet? Also, the like looking under the dumpster and the dog isn't there thing. It's like it's it. Yeah. It's we all float down here, um, except that we all get murdered down there. Whatever. Um, yeah. The clues. Is I it, find that yeah. very interesting. Ew. She's like, I'm so good at being evil. Shut up. Gross. Yeah. My other observation was that the cross country scene is very beautifully shot and um, yeah. everyone looks good in it. The lighting is so good. It's so soft. I actually thought I have very few complaints about lighting in this episode, which I usually have a lot. No, I had, and I also was noticing like, I think the sound editing is generally okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was good in this episode and it is better in season three. And it's fun to have a theme. Yeah. The Drock theme is fun and scary. Yes. Um, it's like the, um, you know, the lighthouse <laughs> siren. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, in terms of lighting, I really liked uh, in the janitor's closet when the door gets shoved up against it and the light goes out. Um, that was really red. good. I thought that was really, really beautiful. Yeah. Um, so scary. Unrealistic, but very Terrified good. for Allison. Sad mm-hmm. for Isaac. Good scene. Yeah. That kind of wraps up my cues and O's. What about you? I think I'm... I think I'm good. Oh, my one my one other observation is that uh, Deucalion, very hot, very powerful, also wearing a hoodie. 
And, like, wire-rimmed glasses. Like, they did dress him like Mr. Harris, even though they're trying to be like, he's so powerful. He also has these, like, little tufts of hair behind his ears, which I find incredibly distracting. <laughs> that might just be me, but his I've whole aesthetic never noticed them, so. is very strange. But I'm sure it feeds into the, oh, I'm not the real power misdirection aspect Oh, you know what all. my last observation is? What? Everyone should follow Adelaide Kane on TikTok. She is hysterically so funny. funny. Yeah. Everyone yeah. should follow me on TikTok. I post more sporadically, but if you want to, yeah, you can fine. follow us on TikTok. We'll put our TikToks in the uh, in the tweet that we posted the episode on. It'll be in the description. Yeah, it'll be great. Um, should we do pack stats? Let's do it. Go ahead. Um, there was a crazy amount of eyes this particular scene. Lots of fighting. Um, I counted eight. I could be off. Let us know. I don't, don't count, so I know. can't check your math. Do not let us know. <laughs> please, please don't. Um, claws two shirts. Two, I actually thought that there was going to be more, but it's just... Uh, Danny and Isaac? Yeah, and that great moment where Coach is like, I don't want you to be out of shape, and they rip off their shirts, and he's like, well, okay then. Danny is so funny for being like, Styles, I'll sleep with you, and Styles is so cute for being like, you will? <laughs> I loved that moment. Um, I loved that moment. And for ads, everybody was wearing a Nike shirt, and Nike socks and Nike shorts in the running scene. And then uh, Cora in her little workout scene is also wearing a Nike sports bra and Nike pants. So they just had a good deal going with, with Nike. Nike. Um, there was also um, the phone, which is both Samsung and AT&T. And then and a Dropbox a ad. Dropbox ad. And then Harris's computer is a Dell. And I don't know if. No, that's just that. It, honestly, just, having a Dell desktop is just American high school. <laughs> Uh, computer like that's not an advertisement that's just accurate that's true but you know how like uh, on iCarly it was like the pear products instead of the apple products like the lengths that people will go to avoid copyright uh, copyright or having yeah. to secure uh, a sponsorship or an ad um and then we only had one siren oh yeah yeah just the beginning a little little spice to reintroduce us yeah. you know to let the new listeners to know what we're all about devastating world news <laughs> sirens and getting pretty off topic uh well that's great do you have an alpha of the week no one's helpful actually i do think my alpha of the week we didn't talk about it very much is probably lydia okay yeah um because she notices the phone we didn't talk about her that much but she also doesn't she doesn't do that much but she really provides the crucial like cinch in the case at the end mm -hmm. because Deaton kind of knows what's going on, but she's the one who helps them figure out the pattern. Um, and is the one who kind of alerts them to like the fact that the music teacher is missing and then they, Mr. Harris is missing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lydia's my alpha of the week. How about you? I don't know. Maybe, uh, it's hard. It's, it's hard. hard. I, we said at the beginning, like this, this, this episode includes so many different people, and so it's it's basically this is an episode of B plots. It's an ensemble. And, yeah, and uh, I'm gonna give it to Styles for persistence. Fair enough. And Isaac for pity. <laughs> A pity off of the week. I really like him. He's really great. Uh, I think that about wraps it up, though. Thanks so much for listening. Um, we are so happy to be back and 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 recording the Teen Wolf Rewolf. We are probably done with hiatuses for now. Yes, for the foreseeable future. Um, although, never say never, because we did not predict this one. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you enjoyed this episode, we hope that you guys subscribe or give us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at TeenWolf underscore ReWolf, which is also our Instagram name. And big news, we now have a Facebook group that you can join. It's just called Teen Wolf ReWolf Podcast. So if you guys want to join the Facebook group, meet other members of the Wolf Pack, talk about Teen Wolf, gossip, uh, ask for life advice from our upcoming terrible self-help book. We're happy to That's happy the place to, to do it. Um, you can follow both of us on TikTok now and Tumblr at Teen Wolf Wolf. Kind of. Kind of. It's there. Um, but other than that, I've been Christian. And I've been Julia. And we hope you guys have a wolf of a week. Awoo! Awoo!